Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Monday, the 15th of March. The latest poll results show Prime Minister Scott Morrison has taken a big hit with voters. The opposition jumped two points to 52% on a two-party preferred basis, overtaking the federal government for the first time in several months. The news poll published by The Australian is the worst result for the Prime Minister since the 2019 bushfires. The polling taken last week comes as the federal government battles the ongoing fallout over rape allegations in Canberra and a delay in the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine. Meantime, the Prime Minister has defended Australia's vaccination program, admitting there is a supply issue with overseas vaccines. But Scott Morrison says things will change once locally manufactured AstraZeneca jabs are rolled out later this month. Those vaccines are being produced in and Melbourne. They have been uh, filled and finished, as they call it. That is the game changer. That is the game saver for Australia. Mr Morrison received his second jab yesterday, along with World War II veteran 84-year-old Jane Malashak, who is the first Australian to be fully vaccinated. To breaking news now on the COVID vaccine from overseas, and AstraZeneca has issued a statement saying there is no evidence of an increased risk with its vaccine and blood clots. It comes as Ireland is the latest European country to suspend the rollout of the jab. Denmark, Norway and Iceland have also halted their AstraZeneca programs. Meantime, health authorities have issued alerts for a number of venues across Sydney after a hotel quarantine worker tested positive to COVID-19, breaking the state's 55-day streak of no community transmission. A quarantine hotel has also been shut down in Queensland as authorities investigate two positive cases. We'll have more details from our reporters in both Sydney and Brisbane shortly. To other news this morning, and thousands of women are expected to take to the streets today with March for Justice events organised in more than 40 towns and cities across the country. The protests have been sparked by the federal government's response to sexual assault allegations. Organiser Janine Hendry says it's not just about recent events. I think the women in Australia right now are feeling a collective anger and a collective frustration because... In the past month, I think what many women have felt or known intuitively is suddenly being exposed to them. And it's pretty ugly. And so there is a visceral anger. But what is really wonderful to see is that anger is actually being harnessed. Sarah Cowdery is one of thousands of protesters heading to Parliament House in Canberra to send a very clear message to our politicians. What I would like is for each and every politician and staffer to take 10 minutes. I know 10 minutes is a long time in their very busy days, but to take 10 minutes to reflect on whether their behaviour up there at Parliament House and out in the wider community has been beyond reproach and if they have the courage to acknowledge that it hasn't always been beyond reproach then those people should resign from their jobs. Prime Minister Scott Morrison plans to meet with a delegation but will not attend the actual protests. 
Overseas now, and a vigil for a murdered UK woman has turned violent. Hundreds of locals turned out to pay tribute to 33-year-old Sarah Everard, who disappeared while walking home from a friend's house in South London. Her remains were later found in nearby bushland. Many attendees sharing their own experiences. She took a safe route, a well-lit safe route, yeah. and I, I can relate to that. I would do it. If you're entitled to walk home, every woman I know has had some kind of awful experience with sexual harassment or assault. That audio from Channel 9. A number of arrests were made at the vigil, with London police under fire for being too heavy-handed. A serving police officer, Wayne Cousins, has since been charged with Sarah's kidnap and murder. Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Monday morning. To Sydney first, and authorities have issued health alerts for a number of venues after a hotel quarantine worker tested positive to COVID-19. The 47-year-old security guard had received his first Pfizer vaccine, but it's not known as yet whether it helped stop the spread of the virus. Our reporter, Siobhan Caulfield, has more from Sydney. Yeah, Tasha, our state's record 55-day streak of no locally acquired COVID cases has come to an end. A Sydney hotel quarantine worker has tested positive, with health authorities now scrambling to find the source of the infection. The 47-year-old security worker tested positive during a routine test on Saturday night. He works at the Sofitel Wentworth in the CBD and the Mantra Sydney Central Hotel in Haymarket. He'd already received the first dose of the Pfizer vaccine, but our health officials say he was yet to develop immunity. There is hope, though, the jab could prevent the virus from spreading as intensely. It will potentially stop you transmitting it in this, with the same degree. That's our Chief Health Officer, Dr Kerry Chant. 130 people who worked at the hotel over the weekend have been asked to immediately self-isolate and get tested, with health alerts out for a number of venues in Hurstville, Beverly Hills and Haymarket. The full list is up on the New South Wales Health website. Meantime, in Queensland, authorities are investigating another leak from hotel quarantine, which has seen one facility shut down in Brisbane. Our reporter, Amy Drew, has more from Brisbane. Morning, Tash. Well, yeah, the Hotel Grand Chancellor has been placed into lockdown as a precaution. Officials probing a potential link between a hospital patient who stayed at the hotel last week and another guest housed on the same floor who has also tested positive. That hospital patient also had contact with a doctor at the PA hospital who was confirmed to have the virus on Friday. Hundreds of community contacts have since been tested, but so far no one else has been exposed. Health authorities have started trawling through CCTV footage in the hotel as they try to figure out if the virus was transmitted on the same floor and if there's potentially been any security breaches. Back in January, the same hotel was at the centre of a COVID cluster that saw Greater Brisbane enter lockdown for three days. And in Victoria, health authorities are also on edge after wastewater testing picked up evidence of COVID-19 across 14 suburbs. James Lake reports from Melbourne and says the latest traces of the virus are widespread. Thanks, Tash. Yes, certainly widespread, and that is most concerning. The virus fragments have been detected over the past week, with alerts now issued for those living at Laverton or Werribee in the west, or Sunbury in the north. The eastern suburbs as well are affected. Anyone in Baldwin, Blackburn, Box Hill, Bulleen, Doncaster, Donvale, Mitcham, Mont Albert and Nunnawadding should all be watching for symptoms. Health authorities reported no new cases yesterday, though, from just over 11,000 tests. 
Meantime, anyone arriving in Victoria from Sydney since March the 13th is being contacted after a New South Wales security guard was infected with coronavirus after an apparent leak from hotel quarantine. That 47-year-old who returned a positive test on Saturday night had also had his first Pfizer shot on March the 2nd. The WA and Premier Mark McGowan has been returned to power in a landslide election victory. Our reporter Adam Hemmings has more from Perth. Tash, it's been a very convincing win for Labor, claiming more than 50 seats, leaving just a handful for the Liberals and Nationals. It's an historic victory that was called just over 40 minutes into the count on Saturday night. The Premier has thanked voters. Mark McGowan says he won't be taking advantage of his massive majority in Parliament. People have seen with me and my government that we're very centrist, we're very middle of the road, uh, we're very progressive, uh, we're caring, but we're responsible. And... um, There's nothing to fear. The Prime Minister says the win is an endorsement of Mr McGowan's leadership through the COVID crisis and the loss for the Liberals is a state issue. The Nationals are now on track to become the new opposition party in WA. Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Peter Switzer from the switzerreport.com.au. Good morning, Peter. And the ANZ CEO says the boom buy now, pay later businesses will not kill off credit cards. And that's his view, Tash. The boss of ANZ, Shane Elliott, isn't buying the buy now, pay later hype and says credit cards won't be going away anytime soon. The SMH's Clancy Yates writes that Mr Elliott sees a massive disruption looming in banking and the likes of Afterpay and Zip have a place in the market, but the buy now, pay later boom will not cancel credit cards out of our lives in the future. He said, I think the idea that buy now, pay later is somehow stealing business from cards is wildly exaggerated, and he's surprised why these companies aren't forced to do credit checks on the users of their services like other lenders, which is a pretty good question. And Peter, Bitcoin, we've seen it rise and fall very, very quickly. It surged again this week as uh, I guess a lot of Americans await their $1,400 checks from the US president. Yep, the Bitcoin price climbed 7% to a record high of $61,556 over the weekend, and that's a 22% rise over the week. It comes as President Joe Biden's stimulus checks are sent out to most Americans, and the US central bank gets uh, gets set to throw money at the US economy to stop interest rates from rising. Uncertainty about inflation and interest rates, along with the expectation that an economic boom is coming for the US, is helping Bitcoin's price rise. The experts predict the price of Bitcoin could hit, wait for it, $100,000 by year's end. But that's nothing more than a guess, often made by speculators already holding Bitcoin. And Facebook, what's the latest there, Peter? A deal could be very close for the social media giant to pay for local content. Exactly. Facebook is closer to striking a deal with some of Australia's largest media companies after conceding it could change or remove clauses in its proposed contracts that would allow the tech giant to simply cancel any deals. Facebook has been trying to cut deals with News Corp, The Guardian's local operations, the ABC and Nine for users of news articles on its platform for several weeks to avoid being punished under new media bargaining laws. These clauses are allow Facebook to walk away from any agreements made have been the sticking point in negotiations, but industry sources tip the tech giant will soon play ball, which will be really good news for Facebook fans. Devil is always in the detail. Thank you very much, Peter. Cheers, Tash.
Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, will round one of the AFL season go ahead as planned? Yes, good morning, Tash. Well, the AFL does plan to push ahead with uh, round one of the men's comp as scheduled at the moment. Of course, that's despite the positive COVID tests now in both Brisbane and Sydney. So the Brisbane Lions are due to host the Swans at the Gabba, that match on Saturday night, while the Gold Coast Suns are due to fly to Perth to take on the Dockers on Sunday. Now, we know that uh, WA's border will shut at the drop of a hat. At the moment, it still remains open to Queensland. Now, a little bit confusingly, um, the Brisbane women's team was forced to fly to Melbourne to take on Collingwood yesterday instead of hosting that match in Queensland. So that was rescheduled straight away. But at the moment, the AFL saying they'll keep the men's comp going as it is. A little bit to play out there, of course, if we get any more community transmissions. Everything could change, as we know from last season, Tash. It changes every day. Brett, also making news today, the Saints have had one of their brightest young stars injured or they're out now after a freak golf accident. Yes, unfortunately, they can't take a trick at the moment, the Saints. Uh, Max King is is their young key forward. He's a superstar in the making, wearing Nick Rewalt's number 12. He was playing golf with a mate, uh, someone who doesn't play for the Saints. He had a day off on Friday, and uh, unfortunately, his mate isn't very good at golf because he was virtually standing at right angles to him on the fairway. Uh, the ball sliced off uh, off the club, got him in the side of the head. Ooh. Now, this was on Thursday. He's since uh, gone through some concussion testing. They've decided that uh, he did suffer concussion so under the AFL's new rules that means an automatic 12 days out so that rules him out of Sunday's round one clash with the Giants now they've already lost a number of big men Rowan Marshall's out with injury Paddy Ryder on personal leave at the moment their skipper Jaron Geary's injured Dan Hanbury and Brad Crouch out suspended Um, so the Saints well they'll, they'll still be able to field a round one team but certainly missing a number of stars Not a good start to the season for the Saints, my gosh. And also a nasty incident sparked an all-in brawl in Cronulla's win over St George last night. This was Jesse Ramian who faces a nervous wait after that incident that sparked an all-in brawl uh, in the wet last night. Cronulla getting the win over St George. That was their first round one win since 2013 when their coach John Morris was still playing. But back to that incident, uh, the Shark Centre, uh, where he was sent to the sin bin. He caught Dragons fullback Mac Dufty with a swinging arm to the head. That brought everyone together for uh, a melee, as you mentioned there, Tash. So no doubt the match review committee will take a look at that this morning. Here's his coach, John Morris, who hopes hopes that his, uh, his star centre won't be suspended. You know, I was just talking about it then, so I, yeah, in the box I've only got the sort of eagle cam vision and I, I haven't seen it up close, so uh, yeah, we'll have a look at that and see uh, if he's got a case to answer. In the other match yesterday, some great news for Ryan James, the former Gold Coast Titans captain now at uh, Canberra. Hadn't played in 693 days. He had three knee reconstructions uh, all up. He scored in the 41st minute, barged over, everyone got around him, running from all uh, areas of the field, and the Raiders never looked back after that. They uh, scored a really impressive win over the Tigers yesterday. Here is uh, Ryan James coach, Ricky Stewart. Really happy for him that he got through what would have been a pretty nervous day for him because he's been a player that's had some bad luck with that uh, couple of knee reconstructions. And just some sad news, Tash, out of Formula One. Murray Walker, the voice of F1 for the best part of five decades, sadly passed away at the age of 97. That was announced uh, over the weekend. No calls provided, but a good innings there for an absolute icon of, uh, of Formula One. Yeah, it was certainly the voice of many great races. Brett, thank you very much. Thanks, Tash.
Checking the weather details around the country now this Monday morning in Brisbane, rainy 22, partly cloudy atop of 23 on the way for Sydney, partly cloudy also in 21 for Melbourne, sunny in 22 today for Canberra, partly cloudy in 20 for Hobart, cloudy in 22 for Adelaide, mostly sunny and a warm 32 on the way today for Perth and a shower or two with a possible storm and 31 for Darwin. And the fallout continues over Prince Harry and Meghan's explosive tell-all interview with Oprah. Buckingham Palace has now announced it will employ external lawyers to investigate allegations from staff that Meghan bullied royal employees. Meantime, Prince William and Catherine's three children have celebrated Mother's Day in the UK by paying tribute to their late grandmother, Princess Diana. The Cambridge children made a series of special Mother's Day letters with both Princess Charlotte and Prince George writing to Granny Diana with drawings of sunsets, trees and flying birds. Princess Charlotte wrote, quote, Dear Granny Diana, I am thinking of you on Mother's Day. I love you very much. Papa is missing you. Lots of love, Charlotte. The letters have been posted on the official Kensington Palace Instagram account. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda. In your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning, you can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day. And we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.